Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Welcome, my friends, to this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how to pick your battles in parenting. So we haven't had a parenting episode for a while, but this one has been on my mind because obviously, as a parent, there are some battles that you have to wonder, are they worth fighting? So if you're wondering if you picked the right battles to fight, you've definitely come to the right place. So why picking battles is so important. So one of the most important skills that you can learn as a parent, and not just as a parent, but as a human, is how to pick your battles wisely. So even though this conversation is geared towards parents and kids, you can actually apply this to any area of your life, such as like your relationships, your work, etc. But here's something that we've got to remember. Whether we like it or not, sometimes we're going to have to be the bearer of bad news to our kids. Sometimes we're going to need to blow the whistle when it's past their bedtime. Sometimes we're going to have to tell them, you know what, ice cream doesn't count as an acceptable choice for dinner. And no, you can't go anywhere when your room looks like a pigsty, okay? I've often said that. They can't go somewhere if their rooms are messy. Do you actually remember having similar battles with your own parents? Or did you guys battle about something completely different? Because trust me, there's a good chance that you clashed heads over something with your parent. And I doubt that it was fun for either party, okay? It's not really fun to, just the word battle sounds like it's like a war. It doesn't sound like a fun thing that you want to be a part of. But it's also really important to know as a parent, it's not fun being the bad cop. In fact, it seriously sucks. I should actually say that I'm the bad cop in my home. My husband's a good cop. So I know what it feels like to have to wear this hat. That's why I feel like I'm the expert in this conversation today. My husband could not lead a conversation about this because he's like, no, let mum deal with it. But it is tiring to have to constantly point out that things need to be done or that they could be done in an entirely different way. In actual fact, doing this on a consistent basis is really downright exhausting, which is why I'm going to suggest something radical today and just say that to maintain your sanity, you need to pick your battles wisely every day. Even if you were a soldier, you're not going into 10 different battles on any given occasion. You pick one. So honestly, uh, I don't think it's reasonable or healthy to have clashes with your kids over every single thing that they do wrong. So just imagine if someone watched over you like a hawk and nitpicked all your actions. How would you feel? You'd probably feel pretty crap, okay? So if you're doing that with your kids, just understand that they might also be feeling crap if you're picking up and picking out every single thing that they're doing wrong. So with that being said, I'm going to give you five tips for how you can pick your battles well. So number one is obviously knowing which battles to choose. So unless you want to spend every single moment, you know, high alert, looking for misbehavior, It's just important to decide what sort of issues you want to stand your ground on. Like what are the most important things you're actually focused on following through on? As far as most parents are concerned, safety and health are usually the two biggest issues in which they want to hold firm, obviously, because you want to keep your kids safe. Your child might mean well, but they don't always keep their own well-being in mind, especially when they're little. So some of the decisions that they make, you're going to have to call them out on it. Like if they're about to run across the road, etc. Like it's fair and expected that as a parent, you're going to call out any dangerous behavior. But beyond that, it's up to you to determine what behaviors pose a real, sincere, genuine problem for you and which are simply bothersome. It could be called also downright annoying. So I just want to repeat that. You've got to work out the behaviors that are a proper problem versus just annoying. So try to imagine your child as an adult, okay, because one day they're going to be an adult and think about their behavior now. 
Like which are the issues that are not acceptable for adults? So obviously you want to steer your child away from those ones, like the serious problems, and instead steer them kindly in the right direction by encouraging and modeling behaviors you would like to see them adopt. Now you have to understand they're not necessarily going to do something just because you are doing it yourself. Of course, it would be fantastic if they did follow our lead when it comes to all the behaviors that we'd love for them to adopt. But you could understand like that also means that they might be copying the behaviors that aren't so great. Like maybe when you lose your patience, or when you get angry really easily but even still they're going to do their own thing you're just setting an example so something to keep in mind I think that dangerous behavior is obviously a perfect battle to pick harmless behavior proceed with caution you need to decide if it's a battle worth fighting depending on how much havoc it's causing their life not only yours now tip number two is spare yourself unnecessary stress if you try to correct your child every single time they misbehave, you will honestly wear yourself out in no time. And sometimes you've got to ask yourself, are they misbehaving or do they just not know exactly the right way to do things yet? I promise you, if you are picking on them for every single thing that they do wrong, it's just a quick recipe for driving yourself crazy and for driving them crazy too because they might genuinely be trying and you're making it really harder for them to give it a go. So the first step to maintaining sanity is just accepting that parenting is going to be a challenge, especially in the younger years. Remember, Rome wasn't built in one day and it will take time for new habits to take root and for their lessons to be learned. And sometimes kids will make them the same mistake like over and over again before the lesson's actually drummed into them. So they're going to make mistakes. That's totally normal. Just like you make mistakes. Remember, you are not perfect and they're just learning, but they're looking towards you for guidance. They, they want your reassurance. And rather than like maybe screaming at them for doing something wrong, maybe like show them the right way to do it, like through example, or maybe like they need to actually have a role played situation where you go, this is exactly where, what we need to do. Are you getting stuck? What are you getting stuck on? How can I help you? Like that is a great question. Just simply ask them, how can I help you? Okay. Not in a rude way, like genuinely be sincere. And as Ella Noss suggested, focus more on who your child is than what your child does. After all, like you're growing a person, you're not fixing a problem. Your children do not need to be fixed. They need you to love them and they need you to nurture them. So take a minute to decide if your child's behavior is in need of correcting or if it's just a harmless phase. I've got two teens. One of them just recently went through a messy phase. I know that just through experience that I had two sisters, one of them was messy. She's not messy now. Like sometimes it can genuinely be just a phase. And let's just say that you had an issue with a child who wanted to take their favorite stuffed animal in every single time they went in the car. If you turn that into a struggle, something that you whinge and whine about, oh my gosh, they're taking that animal again. Why don't they just let that go? Rather than making it a big deal, there's a chance that they might actually just genuinely lose interest if you just let them do it a few times. Like, is it hurting anyone by bringing it in the car? Not really. And if they're older and they have a messy room, I used that example before, is your expectation for perfection reasonable? Are they maybe lacking time because they're busy studying or working? Do they not have a proper system in place yet? Like, What's the reason? Try to diagnose a problem. Are they having a mess because they've got nowhere to put their stuff? Do they have too much stuff? Do they need to cull their room and get rid of unnecessary things? Try to diagnose a problem and offer them a solution. Like for me, one of the biggest things was just giving my daughter a hamper, like a hamper to throw her, her clothes into rather than, I know it was a big expectation in expecting her to walk it over to this other hamper in the on the same floor. But just by giving her that hamper in her room, it solved that problem immediately. And I gave her these two little, I call them crap boxes. It sits on her floor and all her crap goes in there. And if I ever walk in and I see something, it gets thrown in that box. But pretty much that eliminated all the stuff that used to be on her floor. The clothes go into the hamper, any loose ends go into those little boxes. And pretty much once you make your bed, 
your room's pretty clean after that. So just look at how you can diagnose a problem and offer them solutions. And can you potentially meet somewhere in the middle? So a good compromise might involve your child simply making the bed in the mornings. Okay, that's like two minute effort. And maybe you might ask for them to put the clothes on a chair instead of putting them on the floor. Just once again, that's a two minute solution. Maybe you might have to work with your kid and actually show them how they can do that really, really simple. Now, it might not equal a perfectly clean room, but that could be the happy compromise that is at least half the battle won. So for me, I was happy to win half the battle and let it go rather than just expecting full perfection, never making a mistake, which honestly is probably not reasonable right now. So that brings me to tip number three, which is don't make no your default answer to every single thing. Like if all your child ever hears from you is the word no, they'll eventually start to tune it out. They'll get so used to being told that they can't have things or can't do things that they're going to develop a habit of coming up with different ways to get them. So instead of saying no all the time, even if you actually mean no, try to come up with an alternative response to their requests, okay? A fair way of responding that isn't just an automatic no without even giving consideration to what your child's asking. Let's just say your child is asking for chocolate. They want it right now. And you know that you would actually let them have some after dinner. If that's the case, instead of saying, no, you can't have that. Why are you asking me? Consider saying something along the lines of, sure, you can have a chocolate after you've eaten your dinner. I mean, pretty obvious, right? Or maybe they're obsessed with playing video games or watching YouTube. Okay, I know when my kids were younger, if they had friends over, that's what they all wanted to do for whatever reason. But instead of saying no straight away, you could reply, actually, sure, you can actually have quiet time, 30 minutes, but once you've done your chores and once you've done your homework, go ahead, relax, enjoy yourself. So can you see the difference? So rather than saying no all the time and then sometimes just giving into their demands when they start to whinge and complain, this way like you're setting proper boundaries, like you are in control. You want to raise a child to understand that not everything is going to be handed to them on a platter. Sometimes patience and hard work might be required before they get the reward and that's just a good way of making sure they understand that. So you're telling them, sure, you can have this, like you can, once a particular fair condition is met. So that's when you eliminate all the incessant need to say no, which is usually when battles seem to escalate. Now, I've got to say, sometimes yes is the right answer straight away. Sometimes you don't have to do this whole thing. You have to do something first. Sometimes you might say, sure, you can have it. Go ahead. You've been like, you've behaved so well today. I think you deserve a break. So yes can be the right answer too. It doesn't have to be No, only when you do what I'm telling you to do first. So this could be the closest thing that you might get to a win-win, just a happy compromise. Which brings me to tip number four, keeping things consistent. So the best way to make sure that your child follows through with the rules and routines that you lay out for them is just to consistently enforce them. Pretty obvious, I know. But ask any parent when trouble usually begins and it's when it's gone off, it's when they go off on a tangent and make their kids think that the rules are bendable. So let's just say if you want your kids to be in bed at nine o'clock on a school night, just make sure you stick to that rule. Don't let it slip to 9.30 one day just because you're too busy like watching your favorite show and you really want to get to the ending and you don't want to like stop and do all that bedtime stuff. But stick to the rules. Like even one night of bending the rules lets your child know that your rules aren't necessarily set in stone. The good news is that if you've been inconsistent in the past with dealing with an issue, we're all imperfect parents, so I, we can all put up our hand and say we've definitely been inconsistent about some things in the past. It's not, it's never too late to actually improve a situation. Just come up with a set of rules, go over them with your child, explain that maybe in the past they were bendable, now you're going to stick to them and this is a reason you want to stick with them and go ahead from now on and start again. No matter how small the issue is, just make sure that the rules of a house are always the rules. Don't make rules if you don't plan to stick to them. It's better to have fewer rules and force those rather than having too many bendable rules that just makes you 
kids think that, you know, well, whatever mum says, she's going to change her mind later on. It's easier to maintain a strong position when it's clear to everyone in the family. Fewer rules, but rules that you are going to stick to. Number five tip is refrain from arguing. When a parent constantly argues with their child, okay, we're the adult, remember, we're supposed to be setting a good example. All we're teaching our child is that he or she could potentially win control of the argument and situation by using a more aggressive tone and more aggressive words. We don't want our kids to learn that, I promise you. So please note that there's a difference between arguing and speaking normally. So arguing isn't communication. It's just irritating noise. It's usually, it has no winners. Everyone leaves the conversation feeling pretty crap and the agreement isn't reached with a kind and respectful undertone. It's like you've almost bullied your kids into doing something. So if you are facing a heated moment with your child, what I recommend is just stopping, take a deep breath, stop and say that you might discuss the situation later when everyone's calmed down. So you have that option. You can just walk away, say, I need some time to think about this and we can talk about it later. Your goal is to prevent the battle from becoming hostile because once fire is alight, it's definitely not a path you want to head down. Trust me, someone is bound to get burned. We've got to remember that we're the adult in the situation. We're supposed to be setting a good example. We're not always going to do that. So if you make a mistake, just say, I made a mistake. I didn't act in the best way that I could have. Here's what I would have done differently. But choose to put your foot down when you see that the battle is becoming fiery. You have that option. Agree to disagree. Agree to come back to the conversation when everyone's feeling more level-headed. And you'll have a better chance of resolving whatever that battle is or coming to an agreement. This is going to minimize your chances of saying something that you will regret and maximize your chances of preventing a battle before it begins. It will also ensure that the disagreement with your child is something that they can learn from rather than they just resent you for being hot-headed, getting all worked up, and not even in behaving in a way that they can necessarily respect. So here are 10 questions to ask yourself about every single battle. So maybe you want to think of a battle while I go through these, like what's something that you're struggling with with your kids? Now I'm going to ask you these questions. Number one is how important is this issue you are battling over? Number two is in the long term, is this a serious or potentially not so serious problem? Number three is what are the long-term consequences of this behavior? And number four, in the grand scheme of things, does it actually matter? Number five is, is your child generally well-adjusted and obedient in all the other areas of their life? Number six is, do you have more important battles that you should be focused on? Number seven, are you overreacting in some way? This is going to require that you admit maybe a truth that you don't particularly like about yourself, but are you overreacting? Number eight is have you communicated your feelings in a calm and clear manner? Number nine is what was the solution to your problem? And number 10 is how can you reach a happy compromise? I love that question, that last one. How can you reach a happy compromise? That is implying that a happy compromise can be reached, but you just need to look and find that solution. So before I end this episode, I just want to give you some home truths to keep in mind. Pick your battles wisely. You honestly do not have to show up to every argument that you're ever invited to. Be selective about your battles too, because sometimes peace is better than being right. And sometimes we need to lose the small battles in order to win the war. You just need to know which are the small battles that you're willing to let slide. And battles that you avoid fighting are not necessarily lost. Okay, to the contrary, they might be simply battles that aren't worth fighting for. So don't think that just because you let something slide that you've lost that battle. It's just, it's not that important. And your kids will probably respect the fact that you're giving them the grace to like 
Be a little bit imperfect sometimes. So choose your battles wisely. Being strong doesn't mean that you have to fight every battle that you are called to do. True strength might actually be the opposite, where you can walk away from an unnecessary conflict. So don't let something that doesn't matter cause you to lose something that does matter. Choose your battles wisely. If you fight them all, you're going to be too too tired to win the ones that really matter. So there you go. Those are my thoughts on picking battles when it comes to parenting. Ideally, the fewer battles you have, the better. I'm going to end this episode with a quote by Tony Payne who said, The wise choose their battles. The foolish battle everything and everybody, and the ignorant convince themselves that there is no battle to be thought. So just something to keep in mind. So as always, thank you guys so much for being here with me. You know, I love and appreciate you all, and I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Until next time, dream big, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com, where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friends.